Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Well, today we begin our three-part stewardship series called Every Blessing. Now, anybody uh, make that connection there, the song we sang? So it's kind of based in part each week on a different verse from that song. So the clue might be we might sing that song a few more times over the next couple of weeks. These are the sermons where we will pay particular attention to what it means to respond faithfully using the gifts that God has entrusted to us. And at the end of the three weeks, on the fourth week, we will be asking folks to step out in faith and make a commitment or a pledge financially to this church for the coming year. Now, I say that, given all the changes going on around us, particularly in our church, the gains and the painful losses, one might think is now really the best time to begin a conversation about doubling down and giving in the midst of uncertainty. And I think it's actually a really fair question, and it's a question that I myself have wrestled with as one of the leaders in the church. And here's the truth. In part, it is actually a terrible time to begin a stewardship campaign. And there's no real way around that. I think there are many in our congregation whose hearts are hurting, and we have brought great joy to each other's lives, and at times we have hurt one another. People have grabbed hold of this church and come and joined, and people we love have also left. And so there is this uncertainty, and we've heard these discordant notes being sung in the body, and we sense perhaps that the body is a little out of sorts. And so I think the only thing is to be honest and to acknowledge that. And I, I came to our scripture reading today, and the focus verse is Proverbs 4, 23. And it says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now I will also admit that the real cynical part of me wants to do just that, to shut down, to guard my heart and to close it off, to retreat into my own little corner out of fear, out of fear of being hurt again, out of fear of being rejected. Because somehow when I'm like this, I feel like I have some control over my life. And it feels a little easier. It feels safer. Except when I do this, I have missed the whole point. Because nothing can flow from my heart when I have hardened it. Which makes me think this is actually the very best time to do a stewardship campaign, particularly one that begins with a conversation about our heart. Because isn't that what it is all about? You know, our generosity isn't about what we might receive or some service that might be rendered on our behalf. It is about acknowledging two things. One, that we serve an incredibly patient 
and generous God who is above all of our circumstances, and two, that nothing we have really belongs to us. It all belongs to God, and it all begins with our heart. You see, Andy Stanley writes, our heart, it seeps into every conversation. It dictates our relationships. It dictates the way we live and parent and lead and relate and romance and confront and react and respond and instruct and manage and problem solve and love. All of it comes from our heart. He said our hearts impact the intensity of our communication. Our hearts have the potential to exaggerate our sensitivities and our insensitivities. And every area of our life intersects with our heart. Jesus talked a lot about the heart. He repeated the Shema that he had been taught from childhood that said, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And when describing the kingdom of God, Jesus said that the things that come out of the heart have the power to tell a lot about us. He also said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And the apostle Paul said, the eyes of your heart need to be enlightened. And in the Old Testament, it said that we are to hide the word of God in our heart and to trust the Lord with all of our heart. And then finally, the prophet Samuel said that God does not evaluate people by their outward appearance, but he looks where? He looks into their heart. So clearly, God understands the importance of our heart. He wired us and created us that way. I think we know this instinctively, and I I can prove it. I want you to take your dominant hand. Lift up your dominant hand. Don't get too caught up in the fact that there's a lot of us left-handers out there, a lot more than probably you thought there were. They used to tell us there were only a few in the world. There's a lot of us. So you take your dominant hand, and now I want you to point to yourself. Okay, so where did you point on your body? Most of you, my guess is, didn't point to your heads. Now, I know there's outliers in every group. We see you. Some people maybe did. But that is not where we know the center of our being to be, is it? Our intelligence matters. God gave us a mind, and we use it in wonderful and fearful ways. But I think we recognize as human beings that there's something unique about this that identifies us. We don't say to people, I love you and I'm gonna give you all my brain. Sometimes we give people a piece of our mind, but we don't say as we devote ourselves to a cause, I hereby dedicate my full bladder to this cause. I pledge to thee my middle toe, my big toe, whatever, or my lungs. No, you know, when we talk about the aspect that is most central to our being, we say, I give you all of my heart because we seem to understand that more than this muscle that pumps in our body, it is deeply and intimately connected to our soul. Even our language as Christians reflect this, reflects it because we say when we become followers of Christ, I'm gonna invite Jesus into my heart. But then, we quickly discover that human hearts often fall out of tune with God and we begin to hear those discordant notes I talked about a little bit earlier. They begin to flow out of us and the sound is not beautiful. The sound is ugly 
and offensive. The sound can cause harm to the people around us. It can push people away, especially when we refuse to acknowledge that that is what is flowing from us, that we are out of tune. We can ever know anybody who really thought that they were in tune and they really were not. And like no matter how you tried to explain it, like they just couldn't hear it. I don't know, we, we had, a, a, had a woman in my life once who loved to sing, like loved to sing. And the problem was like most of the notes were right, but enough of them were wrong that it was just, it was hard sometimes to listen. So we have to be constantly aware of whether we're in tune with God. And we have to allow God to tune our hearts because from it flow the springs of life. And when our hearts are tuned with God's, beautiful things can flow out of our lives. But it's kind of a full-time job to keep our hearts tuned because you never know on any given day what's gonna come up. We don't know what someone is gonna say to us. We don't know what may hurt us or disappoint us or let us down. And if you're in any kind of community anywhere, if you interact with people, that's gonna happen. As human beings, we are really good at taking care of and tearing down one another. And sometimes we create wounds that have to be dealt with and it can knock us off our game. It can knock us out of tune, the different things that happen in our life. And since we don't know really where we're gonna be from day to day, we have to be in that process of constantly tuning and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. And so to do this, we have to know God and we have to know our own heart. We have to be really aware of what is going on there. Joyce Myers said that there's nothing more important than your inner life, what is in your heart, because it will then determine everything else you do. And she said, one of the biggest revelations I received from God is that my real life is the life that is in me. Life is not your circumstances, she says, the kind of house that you live in, the kind of job you have or the money that you have. You can have all of those things and still be quite miserable. And on the other hand, it's amazing how happy and peaceful you can be in the middle of the lousiest circumstances, including the turmoil in the world around us, if you just keep your heart in the right condition. And that's why I think in many ways, this is perfect timing. This incredible reminder that our God is so faithful. So often when we are at our lowest points, we feel closest to God, which is a very interesting thing. Maybe it's because in those moments, everything else has fallen away and all we have is our God. And then we can get into that space of really learning to lean on God in a beautiful and wonderful way. And from that, gratitude can begin to flow. And so we have to keep our heart healthy so that that generosity might flow from it and all the other beautiful things that God has for us. And so how do we do this? Well, Pastor Colin Smith gives the example of thinking about our heart like a dashboard. So you think about your car and you're driving down the road right? And you pay attention to your dashboard. Some of us pay attention to our dashboard, but theoretically you were supposed to be monitoring your speed and how much gas you have in the car. Because what happens if you don't monitor those two things? 
you end up getting pulled over if you're speeding sometimes, or you may run out of gas. Anybody here ever run out of gas? Yeah, the little gauge, you're supposed to pay attention to that so that you know how much fuel you have left in your tank. I have come very, very close. I don't even know how I made it, but I did. And then there's also information on your dash about the temperature of your engine and the level of your oil. And you probably don't watch that constantly, but you still have to pay attention to it. And so if you had this dashboard in your soul, what would be those lights that might indicate you were starting to wander away from God and you need to pay attention? Maybe those lights might come on when you're displaying a lot of fear or pride, or maybe when you're feeling a lot of anger or you feel yourself kind of closing in, maybe those are the warning lights. You know, my problem with the whole dashboard idea is that I often ignore my dashboard because it lies to me. Because like right now, even, it says that one of my tires is low. I happen to know it's just cold outside. And so it always comes on. And so I have learned to tune that out. And it also says that I need to check my engine, but I know that's because when I got my oil changed last, they forgot to reset it, and the oil is perfectly fine. But ignoring that is also kind of a dangerous thing. Why? Because there could really be something wrong, and I have so learned to ignore it that I've stopped paying attention. And I think that's what happens to us. We can get so out of touch with our own inner life that when there are these indicators that we're wandering in a direction that we need to be aware of, then we just don't pay attention to it anymore. We don't listen to the warnings that are happening around us. Nancy Beach, she's a teaching pastor at Willow Creek Church in Chicago. And she said that there are some important things we should always pay attention to when it comes to our heart. And this is what she says. She says, a healthy heart experiences emotions. A healthy person cries at times and laughs at times. A healthy heart is touched by joy and pain and anger. feels things, feels things for other people. When our heart starts to get out of tune, then our emotions, we either can get into this place of being really numb and feeling nothing or getting stuck in one particular emotion and unable to move beyond it and feel the ebb and flow and the highs and lows, or we lose the ability to feel that for other people. Our greatest moments are still tinted just a little darker than they should be. And so that is a sign to us that there may be some inner work we need to do, some things we need to address. She also says that when we find ourselves unable to really be present in the moment, when we're completely distracted all the time by everything else going on around us and we can't really enjoy it. She says that's a sign of an unhealthy heart or when we stop being able to dream of anything, we just think this moment is all that there is and there's nothing more for us and this is how it's always gonna be, that that should be a warning light to us. When we stop being able to have fun, we lose that bit of playfulness and joy. We no longer take risks We're living in fear all the time, or we just don't even want to try new things. That is a sign. She says, when we are no longer empathetic, you know, because a healthy heart listens to other people, it takes time to walk a mile in their shoes. It is willing to 
hear another opinion, another thought, even if it is not our own, and to care for another instead of being so fatigued by other people's challenges in life. And then a healthy heart is a generous heart. It's one that finds great joy in sharing out of the abundance that we have. And then she says, finally, a healthy heart is able to hear the whispers of God, able to see the movement of God at work in things. I think sometimes when we get in that place where we're too guarded, where we've shut down completely, it becomes very hard also to hear God speaking to us or even to see what God might be up to. You know, I have seen that in my own life at times. But one of the things that has been most beautiful to me in these last few months, particularly as hard as they have been, has been the overwhelming way in which God has continued to speak, continued to show that he is at work, continued to plan a future, to rebuild. You know, we have thankfully a God who is all about transformation, all about transforming and healing broken hearts. We have a God that says you can bring your most vulnerable space to me and you can trust me with it because I am faithful. I am the God who, when there is no way, makes a way forward. That is where that gratitude comes for me. And that is how it flows out of my own heart because I know, I know that none of us really are deserving of that. And yet, and yet, our God still sees something worth redeeming, worth investing in. And I see that here in this place and it gives me great hope. It gives me hope when I see people going to disciple Bible study for the first time and learning about Jesus and see people getting baptized and see folks coming and visiting and finding life in this place. I see it all around me. And it would be really easy to get stuck in one space and only focus on that and not see what God is also up to. And so that's why I think, in part, this is the perfect time to begin to tune again to God, to get back into that healthier space, to see what God is up to, to begin to dream, to begin to believe that we are more than any one moment, and that God does have an incredible future for us as individuals, us as a church, us as a community here in Ruston, and for our world probably in one of the lowest moments of his life. Jesus came and he shared a final meal with his disciples. I have no doubt Jesus was afraid. We see later that evening Jesus weeping in the garden and so there is great grief in his heart and yet he knows that even after he dies, even after later he comes back and he's no longer with them that the community will go on and that God is gonna do some beautiful things through them, and so he gives a gift to them, and it has become a gift to us. It is the sacrament of holy communion. It's when we remember how Jesus took the bread, and he said to a people who would soon understand brokenness in an intimate way, this is my body, which is broken for you. When you come together, Take from this. Remember that you are one body even in your brokenness. 
and remember me. And he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood which is poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink from it, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we come and we remember. We remember that we are more than our worst days. We remember that we have a God who says this table is open to anyone who wishes to come and receive. And so you are invited. You're invited to come and receive this gift from Jesus. You're, reminded, you're invited to come and remember the God who heals our brokenness, the God who dreams big dreams for his children, and he will use us in beautiful ways to share his love with the world. Let us pray. God, pour your Holy Spirit into these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we might come from this place ready to be his hands and feet in the world, ready to allow him to be Lord of our lives, to lead us in faithful ways throughout the generations until the whole world proclaims in one great song how great our God is. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.